one of the main reasons why I was setting up the Student Nomad, especially at the beginning, was because I knew I was traveling to a lot of these locations, right? And when I would arrive in these cities, in these countries, I wanted to be able to find where there's other students or people my age. I wanted to be able to message them on Instagram and be like, yo, let's let's go to a bar or let's go to a pub. What, what restaurants are in the area? Uh, where can I stay? What's a good cheap hostel? And in fact, I went as far to just create a, a Google map so people can pinpoint all these locations mm. so that I'd arrive in the city and I'd be like, okay, so I have this friend in Berlin who taught me about this club and this is where the other students hang out and I get student prices and this is where the fun is and that's what I wanted at the beginning. In this episode of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast, travel entrepreneurs come together and share insight on pinpointing a market need, developing a product or service to answer those needs, and how one can set about taking that concept to reality. Travel entrepreneur and social media influencer Ryan Thorpe joins me, Andy Steves, to share about how he juggled getting the travel website off the ground and monetizing it while simultaneously cramming for school exams to pass his university classes. This episode of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast is brought to you by Milltown House, guest house on the Dingle Peninsula. We have 10 luxury bedrooms in one of Ireland's most popular villages. We have 56 pubs and some of the best seafood in the country. As we say in the local Irish language, Ced Mila Falcha, 100,000 welcomes await. Visit us at www.milltownhouse.com. Sharing tips, tricks, and tales from around the globe, this is Travel for the Next Generation. You're listening to the Andy Steves Travel Podcast. All right, for our listeners, welcome to Andy Steves Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Steves, and I've got my guest, Ryan Thorpe, travel extraordinaire, digital nomad, and entrepreneur. He started up thestudentnomad.com and now reps Revolut app as a sales manager and business development guru all across the continent of Europe. So, of course, we got Ryan on the line to kind of shed some light on some really interesting travel stories. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I got yeah. you beaming in from uh, from London, but let's uh, let's go into your background. What brought you yeah. to this stage? So uh, we connected <laughs> on your on your background with the Student Nomad. Let's start yeah. there because I feel like you guys have an incredible mission. I love how you mm-hmm. in your intro videos you talk about uh, travels all about making the world a smaller place and connecting mm-hmm. with uh, international people of all different backgrounds. Um, <clears throat> let's let's start with that because I found that to be fascinating. Yeah, uh, so that was, I would say, the start of my, I'm going to say, entrepreneurial uh, career in terms of where I am today. So I'm still technically a student at university. So I started university when I was about 19 years old. I'm now around 23, 24. Getting old, man. Yeah, right. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, And I remember, so my program, this is how it began. My program was uh, part of a program called the BME. So I was initially going to go study in the UK. But the tuition fees in the UK were just astronomical. Mm -hmm. And I had to find a way to pay for university myself. Uh, So I basically wanted to travel, wanted to move around. Uh, I went to the States for three months, worked on a summer camp. That really opened my eyes to the bigger picture because I'm initially from uh, a small little island next to France called Jersey. For your American listeners and Canadian listeners, that's a small island next to France, not New Jersey. Uh, (laughs) I always get this all the time. And Uh, so what's your first language? Is it, are you a French national? English. So a British, uh, completely. So I was born and raised in a really small island, uh, nine miles by five miles 
miles big. So you can probably imagine 18 years, not really, apart from holidays and stuff, not really escaping. But I went to the States, escaped that. And then that led to me um, finding this program because I didn't want to go study in the UK, uh, where I travel and study in multiple different countries as uh-huh. part of my degree platform. So it was, I think the cost of like UK for three, four years would have come up close to around 70, 80,000. And this program for three years, all in accommodation, everything, probably came to around 15, 20,000 in total. Oh my goodness. Um, so significantly less. 100% less. Now, yeah. I started my first year in Barcelona. And I was about a month into my degree and I realized this was great, a good experience, but I want more. And I wanted to develop something or a plan or something which inspired me to apply what I'm learning at school. And I came up with this idea. I was really inspired and I really loved the idea of being a digital nomad at that time. It was about three years ago. And I was like, this is great. Like, this would be amazing to travel around, uh, just work from your laptop wherever. How can I do this? So I set up an account and I think I thought, well, um, I'm a student. I also want to be a nomad. Let's just plug those two names together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. The student nomad was, I'd say, born in a sense. And then I just spent the next six, seven months finding every hack possible to grow it as fast as possible. And I'm one of these characters that once I find something and I'm interested in, I will push, 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 and push. And the whole idea behind it at the beginning was uh, it's based off of an idea that I was frustrated by that everyone wanted to follow the same similar path. Everyone wanted to, from my island especially, go to the UK, study, get into a load of debt, and come out with a degree that they don't even use or uh, they might use it later on in, in life. I think I think a lot of Americans are in the same boat. We're looking at tuition prices that just keep climbing 10, 20% yeah. each year. Um, of course, education is getting expensive in Europe, but we're way ahead of you over here. It's not unusual to fork over 30 grand, 35, 40, 45 per yeah. year for an undergrad yeah. degree. And a lot of students are looking at the fact, well, when I get out of college, I'm going to, maybe I'll, maybe I'll find a job that pays 60 grand a year, but I'm going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars of student debt. What can I possibly yeah. do? So that's why I'm really excited to wrap my mind around your story because you saw that problem yourself and you did something completely different. Um, how has that, how has that been working out for you? I mean, are you still in the same program? Yeah, so um, I'm actually coming into, about to finish my last year. In fact, as soon as we finish the school, I have to finish off writing my dissertation because it's due tomorrow night uh, <laughs> at like 9 p.m. Uh, so I, the last, I have to do like a few all-nighters the last three days yeah. to get it up to X amount of words, crazy amount of pages. So I've also just done a whole day's work for Revolut. So uh-huh. if I'm a bit tired looking, that's oh probably my gosh. why. Don't worry, um, our, uh, our listeners aren't going to see you. But uh, <laughs> no, you look just fine. But thank you for taking the thank time to, to connect with us and, and, and chat no about problem. this. So, um, so you were in the situation where you, you were faced with the fact that you had to work your way through college and pay your, your own yeah. way for the most yeah. part, it sounds like. <laughs> um, when we're talking about thestudentnomad.com, um, yeah. have you monetized it through referrals like I see Student Universe? and and because we have that on our website too um is has that been your primary way of uh, supporting the site and so the primary way of supporting sites has been multiple ways there's been um trying to negotiate so i worked a lot when i was a kid from the age of like 12 years old i always worked and i saved up a ton of money as one route um my parents always drilled that into me always find and work and you never know when you're going to need the money so that was a good block at the beginning uh also with the student nomad in terms of monetizing I worked a lot with collaborators, so I would get paid to travel to places 
uh, and shoot videos or take pictures or just do some sort of influencer marketing. Uh, that would be as another source of income along with any affiliate uh, pushes that I would run as well. Whether that be a student universe with GoPro, with uh, Daniel Wellington, all these all these companies would message me and want to run these affiliate deals or, or just general pay for posts, for example. Sure. Because you have 43,000 followers on Instagram, it looks yeah. like, for the student nomad. Um, where did you see that um, that inflection point? Where did you see that threshold from when people didn't want to pay any attention to you to when yeah. people are actually saying, hey, we want to fly you out to Bali and we'll cover your, your fare? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um, how, wh- yeah. where's that switch? Because I feel like there's a lot of people who want to make that lifestyle, but they're n- they haven't hit that threshold yet, where they have the required number of followers or mm-hmm. you know the influence that they need in order to to get brands to sign up. Yeah, so um, a lot of people try to pitch just based on their influence. Uh, I pitch based on a my influence, but also the value that I can bring outside of just the followings I have. Uh, I was quite business minded, uh, whether that was creating videos or uh, taking photos or even just running their Instagram accounts. It was little side hustles that I would also pitch as part of the service, not just taking a picture and posting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also as well, I think the inflection, so the inflection point came basically when you hit sort of 10 K mm-hmm. uh, and you can start using Instagram stories as an extra stream to drive traffic to, to locations. Uh, you want to, as soon after that point, when you start hitting 10 to 15 K, that's when you can start reaching out to, to people. But the thing is, I feel a lot of influence, they don't know how to, they know how to, for example, do something really good with, with whatever the, the market is, but they don't know how to then monetize or reach out to brands or reach out to companies to sell themselves. I felt like I was much more of a business-minded approach to it than the influencer grower following mindset. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's so important for our listeners to connect with is Instagram to us looks like pretty pictures, but to all the businesses out there that want to make money out of whatever right. their service is providing, um, they need to understand the business side of it as well. So that's interesting, the 10,000 um, follower threshold. I've had other guests on the show who say similar things. At what point are you, I'm curious about your ratio of of how many brands do you seek out and you reach out to versus them sure. finding you? Um, and have you seen that shift over time with more and more followers? Yeah, yeah. so what you also have to realize is depends on the market, right? So I'm completely focused on students that travel. If you can have 10,000 students that travel who follow you, that's a good number for someone like a study abroad organization to message mm-hmm. you and want to get in touch with those 10,000 students. Majority of my market is actually US-based, uh, mm-hmm. according to the analytics. And that's because I knew that studying abroad, especially when I was in Barcelona and all the other universities, was huge for the Americans, especially coming to Europe. But also just they go to Mexico, they go to Australia, they go everywhere. And Europeans are the same with the Erasmus program. So but this was my market, my complete focus as a market. And they needed this platform always to all come together to, to make that a reality for themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's an interesting point. Um, I want to get into the differences that you see between American style travel and the travel that Europeans take. But let's do that after this break. All right. It's Andy Steves here. Today, I'd like to talk about the Belkin sound charger. So, you know, when uh, the new iPhone came out with that annoying change in charging port and they got rid of the headphone jack, I looked for a long time to try to figure out a way where I could charge my phone as well as take calls. I'm on my phone all the time and I really, I don't know about you, but I am not a fan of holding the phone up to my ear to have a conversation. I always just use 
a single earbud in my right ear and that's been my way of conversing and staying in touch with everybody doing business while on the road um, but it was so annoying when I couldn't charge my phone and take calls at the same time so the Belkin sound charger is a great way to do that uh, you can plug in a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack um, and uh, charge your phone at the same time it comes in a tiny little t-shaped uh, little package and you can plug it in it's super lightweight you can bring it with you anywhere you go and uh, stay connected on the road so definitely check out Belkin and other Belkin travel products uh, online they got a list of great products we have them up on andysteves.com and we'll have more details in a written review as well so you can check that out on the website happy travels guys all right, I'm with Ryan Thorpe of thestudentnomad.com and also Revolut app. Uh, be sure to check out both of those. We're going to get into the details of Revolut app in just a second. But for now, what I'd love, um, Ryan, you've traveled all over the world. You've you've encountered backpackers from all over the place, I'm sure. I'm really curious to get your Brit take, your British take <laughs> on other Brit and European travelers. And how can you compare and contrast that to the Americans you see on the road? Good question. Wow, they have so many different characteristics. It's it's wild. I don't want to be stereotypical too much here either because I have a lot of stereo, American friends. It gets stereotypical. Of, this is your safe space. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll be blunt. Uh, I think each person, each group of people have their own little personalities. Um, it like You can tell when people are from the States, but you can also tell when people are from the West Coast or the East Coast of the States uh-huh. based on how they act whether they talk slower or whether like uh, it's really something I never really thought about, but you just know it and you recognize it. <laughs> I had a lot of Americans, for example, who say to me, uh, I just say I'm Canadian sometimes in certain countries because they don't want to have that perception of being American in, for example, Indonesia or in the UK because mm-hmm. the Canadians seem to be received far better than, mm-hmm. than the US. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with Europeans, they all come in different shapes and sizes. Like, the way that Germans, Germans like they always have the same like stern. I want to say logical, not to be stereotypical, uh, <laughs> but they have the just the way they they are. A stern and calculating facade, we can say. Until you get a little beer in them or some uh, some schnapps, yeah, then, you get then they, in them and they, they go crazy. Yeah, they exactly. love it. And um, to speak to like Americans calling themselves Canadians, um, I've encountered some <laughs> Americans that even sewn a Canadian flag onto their bag. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, the, What I really like to preach in my in my talks and in in my tours is the minute that you kind of uh, put in some effort to understand a little bit about the culture or the language or the you know the typical aspects of a place that you're visiting you you differentiate yourself from all the other american tourists coming through that just are going from burger king to starbucks to snap a picture of the eiffel tower you know um and i think as soon as you show that you you've paid attention to the place that you're visiting i find that locals really open up a lot and um and i think there's that classic ugly american stereotype that expects American service and English wherever they go around the world. But yeah, um, I, you know, you and I and the other guests on the show are just trying to teach our listeners that as as long as you uh, show that you're not one of those ugly Americans, then travel is great. It's fun. It's safe. It's easy to make those connections. Yeah. And <clears throat> one of the main reasons why I was setting up the student nomad, especially at the beginning, was because I knew I was traveling to a lot of these locations, right? 
And when I would arrive in these cities, in these countries, I wanted to be able to find where there's other students or people my age, which was that bracket. I wanted to be able to message them on Instagram and be like, yo, let's let's go to a bar or let's go to a pub. What, what restaurants are in the area? Uh, where can I stay? What's a good cheap hostel? And in fact, I went as far to just gather up all my students, create a, a Google map so people can pinpoint all these locations mm. so that I would arrive in this city and I'd be like, okay, so I have this friend in Berlin who knows taught me about this club and this is where the other students hang out and I get student prices and this is where the fun is and that's what I wanted at the beginning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and and it's funny because I'm I'm paging through your your Instagram and I see my old interns uh, employees reps uh, sprinkled throughout so it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah I think we we connected years ago and I've only now been able to uh, to finally catch up with you um, but we're we're both moving targets aren't we yeah, that's true. Um, what I'd love to get into is budget and um, style of travel because you you yeah. spent. Uh, it looked like you know you're you're still technically in your undergrad, we would call it, and you yeah. you've been across five countries, three different universities, um, yeah. and you're you're working full time, you're studying yeah. full time. How do you balance that, and how do you make it all uh, reconcile at the end of the day? What I'd like to do is get into some of those practical budget tips sure. that you always got on the top of your mind. So for me. I don't have a lot of time necessarily to focus on everything all at once almost. So I have to break those down. So I have to, firstly, you break everything down into small chunks and then you attack each one individually. And like, I remember I was listening to this one quote and it was, you're trying to build a wall, but you just build it brick by brick and eventually you'll have a wall. Also really do some studying and research on how you learn. What makes you learn fast? For me, what that is, is I learn by listening. So a classic, uh, an example being about two weeks ago, through Revolut, uh, I had to take a two-week road trip from 10 different cities in 12 days. Picked up a car in London and did a whole trip from London to Brighton all the way up to Scotland, city by city, doing events, preaching the company, etc. But the week after that, I had six exams that I had to be in, back in France for. So I did that two-week road trip, and I knew that for me to learn fast, I listen by audio. So what I do is I have all my notes prepared before that trip in an audio fashion. And then I listen on like times two speed or times three speeds. And you learn faster when you're putting new information into your brain in new locations all the time. Mm-hmm. So then your brain is constantly in a, in a pattern or a feeling where it's thinking, oh, uh, this is a new environment. I need to take in everything that's going on right now. And if you plug in your headphones and that information is like talking about business studies or, or marketing or whatever class you have or what exam's coming up, it seems to just feed into my brain and then I wake up in the morning and then I'm able to re- remember it for some reason. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a really interesting point because you're absolutely right. For me, I'm definitely a visual person and I'm also a geographically oriented person. I mean, I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but I always think of myself as just a point on a map. And so I'm able to navigate around cities a little easier. But in terms uh-huh. of studying and learning, I'm definitely a write it down, summarize again, review it, take notes, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that's so important to pay attention to how you learn. And that can be applied towards school but also um, learning travel hacks, I suppose. Exactly. Now, back to your point about budgeting. So a big one, and I'm going to plug the company I work for now because it's pretty much one of the best reasons and why I was able to to do everything so easily. Uh, So Revolut is the fastest growing fintech startup uh, in Europe at the moment. It's soon to be in the US in the summertime, and I'm going to do kind of a pitch, but you'll understand why. So the company is uh, basically a prepaid card. So it looks like a debit card. 
It looks like a debit card with Visa or MasterCard on. And it's connected to an application on your phone where you can hold up to 26 different currencies, mm-hmm. all connected to bank accounts within the UK. And you can exchange money across these bank accounts at the interbank exchange rate. Mm-hmm. So the same rate you see on Google is the same rate that that money gets transferred over at. So for me, I'm constantly in the Eurozone. I'm in Asia. I'm in England. Uh, mm-hmm. Everywhere I'm using multiple currencies all the time. And I never have to deal with any commission or exchange rates just using this application. Interesting. Um, okay, I got a lot of questions because I've been studying this for the last, for the last little bit here. Um, sure. Are you familiar with dynamic currency conversion, DCC? Um, I'm not of that word, but I probably understand it if you explain it to me. Sure. So um, when you're traveling, and and I think you would see this as well, if you go to Hungary, they're going to ask you, do you want to pay in forints or do you want to pay in British pounds, your home currency? Right. For mm-hmm. American travelers, it'd be forints or, uh, or dollars. What they're going to do is a lot of travelers just by habit are going to go with the currency that they're familiar with. But that does yeah. not show that it's a horrible exchange rate. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's off by 10 points usually. And then a 3.5% markup fee built into that mm-hmm. just to pay in your home currency because they're cushioning for exchange rates and then they want to take a commission. You're saying that this card Revolut um, and the app yeah. get around that that headache, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we have Hungarian foreign on it as, mm-hmm. a, as a currency that you can exchange through. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, the application has uh, nearly 2 million users and it's been around for about two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just raised actually uh, $250 million last week and we are the first fintech to go unicorn, which means we have a valuation of over 1 billion. Fintech startup, sorry, to now have a valuation of now 1.7 billion in about 30 months in total. So the product is purely spread by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 50% goes from word of mouth. And once we break into the US and by the end of the year, we'll be completely global we're going to completely disrupt the entire financial uh, sector and industry just with there's a ton of different features which i can also add on and talk about with this product that like has travel insurance phone insurance buying and selling cryptocurrency and the standard version is all free. Because I looked at uh, Revolut.com, but it's still kind of a landing page. It, it still it still hasn't hit the U.S. yet. Uh, no, so the you can sign up, but we will be in the U.S. in the summer. Gotcha. We just that, that's what the money's going to bankroll to make possible. And so you know, this all sounds too good to be true. So what's what is the model? Where does Revolut uh, make their money? Yeah, good question. Uh, so we have multiple different revenue streams. They come from so we process over 1.5 billion transactions every single month and we work with visa and mastercard and of course there's some kind of percentage in that uh-huh. on top of that we also have uh, card orders so you get charged to use these cards uh, uh-huh. to uh, to purchase these cards uh-huh. it's like five pound and probably could be like six dollars when it goes to the states yeah uh, and then we have our premium subscription so a premium subscription allow you to buy and sell cryptocurrency have travel insurance phone insurance uh, increased limits that you can have to to exchange money in currencies if you're using it very very regularly uh, and so you can buy and sell stocks on the application, all commission free as well, by the way. Hmm. It sounds very interesting. This is, um, I had seen it on your profile, but I hadn't really looked into it too much. So this is really right. interesting. I'll have to take a little look here because um, this could be a very solid solution for your for your traveling needs when you're going around. Now, um, yeah. uh, two questions. Does this mean it's a Bluetooth card? Does it link to your, your phone then? Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't call it Bluetooth. Uh, so it's a contactless card. And there's the premium-looking cards, which have, like, black and gold kind of colors. Yeah. And then the standard-looking card, which is a similar one I just showed you. And you simply just take your application out, and you can just link the card number straight to your phone. 
Um, uh-huh. And then on the application, you can actually, the beauty of it is it has so much security built into it. You can deactivate the cards with a touch of a button on your application. You can change the pin with a touch of a button on, on your application. Uh-huh. Um, and for me, I, you can get 24 hour delivery anywhere in the world as well. So for me as a traveler, if anything bad happens financially or I lose my card or anything, I get a notification anytime a payment is made. So uh-huh. I can deactivate my card if I think there's fraud or I can swap and order a new card, I can change the pin. There's so many security features built in and it's all recognized as well through the app. All right, well, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I head to Europe um, in, let's see, two, three weeks. And so this yeah. would be great to get in, in time, but I'm, I'll have to sign up and see if it gets in the mail by, by that time. Um, and then the next question was, what about cash? Can I use this at any ATM to withdraw any cash? ATM. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, but depending on which card you have, uh, mm-hmm. there's limits. Mm-hmm. So, if you are a premium user, you can withdraw up to 400, mm-hmm. and then there's a 2% charge on that. But then, if you're a standard user, it's only 200, and then you it's a 2% charge on that. Okay. So, we recommend just constantly use your card for contactless payments or chip and pay. Yeah. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But you know, if you if you find yourself in Vietnam or, or Thailand, a lot of places aren't gonna. Of course, cash only. Cash is king in those societies. I know. Yeah. When I was in Bali, it was that way. But again, Revolut saved me so many times. Uh, yeah about through that oh, good stuff well i'll have to check it out because i have in my hand i have what's called a coin card c-o-i-n and sure. it, uh, are you familiar no no um, so it's it's uh it actually has a button in the size of a debit card and it, you can click through you can load up like four or five cards to this one card um, in the app on your phone and you swipe it and uh with the button you can select which card to use and so basically as this is this was like the very first edition so i don't know if it even works still but it's really interesting the technology that's out there now so definitely check out the the company is revolute that's kind of like revolution without the i-o-n on the end uh revolute.com uh our american listeners can sign up and get it in the mail sometime summer of 2018 it sounds like yeah yeah. Cool. Um, I'm with Ryan Thorpe of Revolut and thestudentnomad.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We're going to be right back after this break. All right, guys. Today, I want to talk about the Bose Micro Bluetooth portable speaker. It really is pocket size, just about a finger's length in width and height. Just So that's about like four or five inches each way and maybe about an inch and a half thick. This little tiny speaker puts out incredible sound for its size. At high volume, it does get a little distorted in sound, but when it comes to the construction, uh, the rubberized surface, it's really durable and you can take it in the shower with you. You can take it uh, anywhere where there's water because guess what? It is waterproof. So all you got to do is plug it in, charge it up, and you can have a great time with your friends out at the beach or as you walk around the house, making sure that uh, you have great quality sound from a tiny little speaker. At about a hundred bucks, it doesn't break the bank either, putting out great sound for, again, a speaker this size. Check it out. It's the Bose Micro Bluetooth speaker available on my website and much more online like it so check that out Uh, that's the bose micro bluetooth speaker 
All right, this is Andy Steves, and I'm with Ryan Thorpe of the Student Nomad and Revolut. Ryan, thanks so much for joining me today. Um, I want to get into just a couple more stories that you have from on the road. I mean, with the Student Nomad, um, I, I really like that story because I feel like there's a lot of energy and creativity that students bring to the study abroad experience. And the, the study abroad experience can be so life-changing that students mm-hmm. got to figure out, how can I possibly keep this going? How can I maintain this lifestyle, continue this dream. That's exactly what I've done. I studied abroad Mm -hmm. in 2008. And for the last 10 years, I've just been living the dream ever since running a student tour company, writing guidebooks, starting this, uh, this podcast. Um, but I feel like every semester there's another student out there that's starting the new student revolution or whatever it might be. What I want to do is kind of get into your experience and I want to provide some insight into like, what's, what's the future hold? Um, because pretty travel pictures and more blogs um, aren't, you know, I, I just feel like there has to be something else or something new or, or you know, do, do you see anything else on the horizon uh, in terms of how For can we students? Yeah, direct that creativity and that energy or... or um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I don't know if I'm going to take it in the right angle, but yeah. this is from what I take of it. For me, what it was is when I was at school, it's very powerful to have a skill that you can sell to people. Uh, a lot of students will waste their time doing nothing or watching Netflix or doing something which is not progressing them forwards and making them more valuable to society. For me, I think university is a great time for you to experiment and find a ton of different opportunities or test out or try different skill sets. You're not going to like all of them, that is for sure. But you will get a better idea and an understanding of what you do like the more you try different things. Um, My biggest advice is don't waste your time at university and not trying to better yourself, whether that's developing new skills. Uh, and again, like I know p- people probably say it all the time, you can easily find out how to learn these online. You simply can. You simply go on YouTube. And if you're interested in, in potentially being really good at Photoshop, you just type how to be good at Photoshop mm-hmm. and then you learn. Or what I do is I find courses which the best of the best are teaching and I find a way to get that course somehow. I find a friend or I, I tap into a network or I buy it myself. Mm-hmm. The more you know about anything, the more you can use that to then make money and then develop and then travel and go wherever you want after that. Uh-huh. That's a really good point. It's so important to be um, extroverted and uh, ambitiously and aggressively seeking out opportunities and learning experiences, especially in university. Very quickly in my university experience, I realized I got a choice in front of me. I could either become really, really good at Guitar Hero and other mm-hmm. you know video games, or I can grow personally. And so I took welding classes. I joined the cycling team, competed uh, again against other colleges, uh, studied abroad, and then um, developed a business plan over two years. And that's what got me to where I am today. I feel like a lot of students oftentimes are a little bit passive, waiting for opportunities to come to them. But has that ever happened to you? Things like that just fall into your lap? I I think it's pretty rare. (laughs) No, I think in terms of things falling into my lap, I think I started off with nothing falling into my lap. And then I worked my ass off and tried really hard to put out into almost, I say put out into the universe what it is I want Mm -hmm. by asking people for what I want. In this case, like I asked for this job at Revolut and I had the skill set in the past to get the job and now I work here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Or for example, going to Bali, right? I simply just asked 
can I work for you and go to Bali? And then I went to Bali and then I stayed there for eight, nine months. Uh, I, I, with GoPro, another example, I wanted GoPro to be the camera behind who, who, who supported the student nomad at the time, Mm -hmm. because I believe that for the message, every study abroad student who comes abroad always has a GoPro. They're always like recording their experience Mm -hmm. and the most powerful way to deliver a message is video. So I thought, well, why don't GoPro sponsor me or be a part of this movement? so that more people, more students of the student nomad community would buy a GoPro and then use, make a video and then encourage the next generation to study abroad and travel and be inspired by that video. So what I did was I just asked GoPro, can we create a deal or can we negotiate something where we work together? And it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sounds easy when I just say it like that, but it takes a ton of work. And you just simply ask for what you want. And if they say no, ask somebody else. Yeah. And if they say no, ask somebody else. Just keep going. Until, yeah. 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 And if you fail the first two, three times of them saying no, you'll ask them why they say no. And then the next person you talk to, fix that no to a yes. Yeah, fix that and little problem. Yeah. just carry on. Just, just don't stop. Exactly. That's that's the iterative process, right? Just go iteration after iteration. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's very interesting. I can totally relate on, on various levels. Because um, for me, for example, running Weekend Student Adventures, WSA, was news when I started it. But that was in 2010. And going into 2015, 16, 17, I'm like, what can I possibly do to generate some buzz around this brand? and get word out more and it's like well let me try to write a guidebook and it i got no's several times before i got a yes from a publisher who said okay let's let's go for it here's your advance um and so once i did the research once i rolled it all up once i finished it i still didn't get the recognition until five months after until when it was actually printed and then all of a sudden radio interviews tv interviews uh podcasts uh newspapers uh even the local newspaper here in town um that they all all came out of the woodwork and so i can i can definitely relate to you on that uh just just uh, uh kind of a random question here but i'm i'm curious uh, when it comes to the student nomad um it looks like you have like forty five thousand followers or so on um on instagram or forty three thousand, but on facebook it's just 1200 um yeah. what uh because i'm in the situation where we're, we're going after the same market we i run a tour company for students abroad you run a network yeah. kind of a resource website why have you focused Focus so much on Instagram, and do you find that much more effective than than Facebook? Yeah, it's actually going to tie in nicely to my dissertation. Um, my dissertation is based on brand awareness across all pretty much three platforms: YouTube, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. And what I know, based on my intuition and all the facts and the data that I see, is students aren't on Facebook, and if they are, they're quiet. And the older demographic are going onto Facebook now. You see it; like my mom is posting stuff all the time. Uh, my pa- mom's parents, I'm getting tagged in all these photos and stuff when I was a kid. I'm like, um, Facebook is good. Uh, Facebook Messenger is fine. I don't mind using that. Uh, but it's just the feed now is just videos and old people posting stuff, uh, in my opinion. And I think in on Instagram, it's the demographic in the market that you're targeting. It's young millennials who like visually aesthetic imagery and videos who don't have a lot of attention either. So that was that was my kick for it, to be honest. I just didn't think there was any traction going on Facebook. I thought Facebook pages were dying. Yeah, and I, I've seen that too. But you know, I'm a, I, I must be a dinosaur. I'm on the, I'm going extinct in in terms of trying to market on Facebook. But that's that's good for us to to be mindful of. And in terms of aesthetically pleasing pages, yours is definitely 
definitely a nice one on at the student nomad. Uh, so definitely check that out on Instagram. Um, Ryan, I really appreciate you taking time away from your dissertation. I want to wish you all the best <laughs> in wrapping that up. Good luck. Um, no worries. Let's stay in touch, man. And uh, yeah, where, where do you want to direct followers to check you out and, and to follow so they can stay up on your projects and learn more? Yeah, so you can follow uh, the Student Nomad project, which is going on now, and also Revolut app. Uh, it's the company that I'm a part of and I'm growing, the fastest growing fintech startup in the world. And if you guys are looking to travel, especially, that's the product for you. So I'm making sure that that Instagram account gets bigger than the student nomad very very soon <laughs> great and I, I have no doubt that uh that you're heading that way this it looks like yeah. a cool product so i'm excited to check it out speaking of affiliates uh you, you might need to send one my way so i can uh make sure Let's that the, the americans uh it's part of my job you <laughs> so know I, I i close deals with with you guys um with bloggers with influencers uh i want them to distribute and that's great. sort something out great sounds like a good match well uh revolute and that's uh something to check out all right thanks so much ryan happy travels all the best let's stay in touch okay have a good one bye-bye cheers buddy thanks for listening to this episode of andy steve's travel podcast i hope you enjoyed this conversation and took a bit of inspiration for yourself take us on instagram with a selfie listening to this podcast and share in the comments how you're pursuing your own travel entrepreneurship dreams happy travels everybody by the way, on this season of Andy Steve's Travel Podcast, I'm working with the team at Podcast and Radio Networks. If you're thinking about starting your own show, they've got just the right people in place to turn your podcasting dreams into broadcasting reality. For more information, check them out at podcastandradio.com. You can connect with WSA Europe, Andy's tour company, at WSA Europe on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thanks again for listening. To find all show details and links to connect with our guest, find it online at andysteves.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.